Hello, welcome to another Azure centric podcast on the, our Azure weekly updates show. Uh, this is Marcos Nogueira. I'm your host today, and with me, as always, for the past 29 episodes, I have <laughs> always my partner in crime, Andrew Lowe's. How are you, Andrew? I'm very good, very good. Thank you so much. Uh, it's nice as usual to be here. It is. Uh, 29 episodes. Wow, that's pretty good. It is. It is pretty good. We are at least not giving up that easily. <laughs> <laughs> and that is always... Well, it, it is a bit of work, but it, it's, it uh, it's really, uh, it's very kind of, I don't know, encouraging, I guess is the right it word. Is. Um, we do get a lot of feedback lately, and it really makes us kind of want to just keep pushing forwards. It's really Absolutely. nice. Absolutely. So I guess what I'm saying is thank you so much for subscribing, uh, liking, and commenting on our Azure-centric videos. Uh, I know Marcos works very hard on producing <laughs> these. Uh, it's a little, little uh, less resistance lately. Without all of my head shrinking, uh, which we were we were just actually chatting about that. Actually, yes. it was, it's been very good. But uh, the feedback is really positive, and it's so nice when uh, we can kind of know that we're helping somebody. Absolutely, right? and that's the part that I love about this is when it arrives Monday morning. And to be very honest, because this is recorded and and then we publish it always the same hour, right? Sometimes I have to say that uh, I'm busy. With we doing and and I started to see the emails. You have a new, um, you have a, a new comment on on your on your uh, video. Say comment on my video. Oh, it's Monday, so it's it's where <laughs> the podcast release. <laughs> but yes, it's very nice. I have to say, I feel very humbled with people um, that they are loving our show. They're loving us. They love the energy that we're putting into this, um, and they're loving that they are having a new uh, vehicle of getting those updates out, and they are learning something from what we're talking about over here. Um, this week, we don't have a team precisely, but we have one of the uh, most. It's not a technical update right but it is a fun update that we will see happening very soon um and that we leave at the end so if you are curious enough either you fast forward or you just wait until the end of the show to to do this um but yeah that's that's what we have for this week right absolutely yeah i think there's uh there's some really good updates in there um, kind of in the area of uh, storage and things like that. There's a couple of uh, new ones about that. And uh, definitely, um, I think around the security center, yeah. there's uh, quite a lot, actually, of um, um, the monthly updates with Absolutely. that. There's quite a bit in them. So. Absolutely. So let's start our show. Let's roll the introduction video. And we'll come back in a few moments. See you in a bit.
So welcome back. And let's start jumping to the first update. And the first update is about the Azure Security Center public preview updates for April. But you're saying, but is these guys are are, are crazy? This they say that this is an a, a weekly update show, and they're talking about updates in April preview. Yes, this is how Azure centric Azure centric works, <laughs> and in particular, um, how Azure Security Center released those updates. They it's true. I actually thought you were going to say yes. Uh, we are a little crazy. <laughs> Uh, but I don't think that I need to say that because if 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 everyone that is here that watch this, uh, they already try to understand that uh, when they see light on your window above your head, it's it's trouble. Uh, and and we already mentioned that we are in Calgary, and now we are going towards to the biggest day of the year. That's going to be like eighteen hours of sun or whatever it is. So it's going yeah, to be it's like very... quarter to eleven at night or something like Absolutely. that. It's still sunny. Yeah. Uh, it's craziness. It's craziness. So it's going to be very difficult to just uh, either we wake up at two a.m. to just record this at night, right? On the winter, it's the other way around. It's very difficult to record. <laughs> it's true. We get six and a half hours of sunshine in total. Yes, <laughs> we have to record like midday, something like that, <laughs> to have sunshine. But high noon. That's enough. <laughs> That's enough with with side tracking already, and we just went on the it, first. So one. yeah, so you were you're right though because you were saying that um, the security center updates are always kind of at the end of the month, yeah, and they're published for the beginning of the next month for the previous yes. month. So um, it is just how things roll, um, and really that's kind of maybe a good way to look at it is it's a bit like a roll up, right? Yeah. So. Uh, they come out at the start, usually in the first week of the calendar month, the first few days for the previous month's updates and changes. So with all of that mouthful said, uh, I think uh, one of the cool ones in here is I like that there's some new recommendations coming around guest configuration uh, in the preview yes. um, in the preview options. I think that that's really good. Um, I've had uh, kind of a bigger identity focus again a little bit lately, and I really like seeing the uh, kind of the guest auditing options coming out because so many companies really have to work a lot with outside um, identities, yes. right? Guest identities. Yes, absolutely. And uh, any anything that kind of draws attention and reviews those, I think, is a really positive thing. Absolutely. And, and, and there are other recommendations as well that they mentioned on this preview. So basically, when Security Center released those updates, they release always together what they worked in this case and what they are going to work towards to the next update. So this is the things that they will work towards the next update. So that's why they say that it's in, in preview. Um, another recommendation that I, I, I'm very fan of is about Azure Defender, specifically for DNS. So Azure Defender now, it's the it's the ATP, the Advanced Threat Protection that you have mm -hmm. on Azure. So Azure Defender for DNS now have some recommendations. So if you are running, in this case, the Azure DNS, uh, like for example, I'm running, um, they will now starting to get some recommendations about the configuration of your DNS, about your resource manager, and about all of those type of things. 
another good thing about this is uh, talking about Azure Defender is the use of the Azure Defender for the Kubernetes, for the mm -hmm. Azure, Kuber Azure Kubernetes cluster, the AKS, to protect the hybrid and multi-cloud Kubernetes deployments. So now they are extending that part even to containers, right? Specifically to Kubernetes. So pretty cool regarding all of those updates that we have in this case for Azure, Azure Security Center, right? Yeah, for the preview for side, the preview yes, side. sir. For the, the GA side, as we mentioned. Oh, just like that. Exactly. It's fast. Uh, <laughs> for Azure Security Center, general availability is on uh, April 21 uh, or 2021. In this case, mm -hmm. we have a bunch of them. Okay. We have uh, quite a few updates uh, that we are talking, that we need to talk a little bit about. And that, and that will help uh, in this case to, to, to go. A lot of Defender again, uh, right? So they did depreciate some of those alerts, some of those old alerts about Defender, in this case about 11 alerts. But they did create mm -hmm. some Defender integration for Endpoint with uh, Azure Defender that now supports 2019 and Windows 10 WVD, our good friend, the Windows Virtual Desktop. Um, yeah, that's a that's, big one. That's a big one uh, in this case. Uh, a lot of other Defender for SQL that they are doing as well uh, on the tile that the, the on the tile uh, removed from Azure Defender dashboard. So a lot of those type of things they are tweaking because Microsoft at the end they are changing a little bit the Defender family. Um, and that's and that's where we see all of these updates coming, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's quite a few for uh, Defender, and certainly um, one of the nice ones in there is uh, a bit of a combination, really, for me, right? So uh, the Azure Defender for SQL yeah. on uh, machine tile has been removed from the Defender dashboard. Um, I think that it just belongs as a regular alert coming in, doesn't need to be a separate tile. So I really like that one. And uh, like you were saying, some of the, the recommendations. So I think it was talking with a client, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago about that and how the different recommendations really cycle through with things like uh, security center and secure score and um, the, uh, the identity score as well. Right. Yeah. So, um, it's really cool. Uh, at least for me, it's really cool because, uh, the things that become less important can drop off the bottom of the list over time. Yeah. And the things that are, uh, newer threats or, uh, new integrations with services and products, those work their way in and they find their way into new recommendations for these different security centers and alerts. And I think that that's really important because security is a moving target, right? It is. And it's, it's always changing. And especially because the products and services in Azure evolve so rapidly, you know, day to day. And uh, the security needs to adapt with that. And that's really, uh, for me at least, it's really what this is about is how it's adapting um, over time. And it keeps getting better and it stays relevant. So uh, one of the other things I really like in here too 
is uh, there's a, a couple of new apply system updates um, that were uh, deprecated uh, because it used to be you could just go in there and click and then apply the system updates. Um, it should probably be a little bit more planned than simply clicking on it. Exactly. And, playing the and they have now the update <laughs> management now, right? Because exactly, it's, it's really right. Good. So now we can it's, schedule it's, yes. things and uh, all of that, right? That yeah. Automation. But from all of this, um, what I like about those updates, there are two that I want to reinforce over here. Besides all of these updates uh, uh, that they release uh, in in April. Um, is one of them it's it's because azure security center it's it's basically a, a a a tool or a feature that azure have to guide you okay um and to alert you in a certain way about what is your security um state let's call it this way about your environment and when by doing that what they are doing is they are uh, three regulatory compliance standards that they added to Azure Security Center. So right now, out of the box, you can compare, in this case, how is your infrastructure with Azure CIS 1.30, that is the version, with the CMM Level 3, and with the New Zealand ISM Restricted Compliance. So basically, what they do is, you can have reports that they can give you what is compliant or not compliant and what you need to do regarding that. And those are, again, it will help you because if you are like me and Andrew, that we, we've been working on that part of trying to make the environment compliance uh, uh, with those regulatory, it's, it's a nightmare. And helping to guide you, so you need to do this, you need to address that and these points that you need to address, it facilitates tremendously this. Besides that, there is an update that is, we've been talking a lot uh, on, this, uh, on this podcast, on this show, that is the CM key, the customer management keys, right? Mm -hmm. And we've been talking a lot because a lot of organizations that they are still going to the cloud, they still have those investments uh, of hardware like AHHSM, for example, that they have a, in in their uh, environment, that they have something that they produce the keys because it's regulatory or not, and they want to control those keys, right? Right now, what Azure Security Center gives you is recommendation regarding the best practice of security control to control those custom management keys. So how you are controlling, because remember, you are in control of those keys. It's not the Azure Key Vault. It's not the Azure Keys that you, you also have control, but you are not physically having access to them, right? It's a kind of a virtual uh, CMK uh, in this case, if we can call it this yeah. way. But it's important just to have a kind of a guidance because it's starting to be, I started to see a lot of, organization using and not following what is should be in this case the best practices that's the parts that's that i just want to reinforce on on the updates right yeah and i think kind of along those same lines as you know in that same update that uh mentions those three kind of regulatory checks yeah. for clients cis 
So CIS is one that at least Canadian government ent entities are compelled to comply yes. with, right? So uh, that's the what is the Center for uh, Internet or Information Security, yes. one or the other. And uh, those standards that come out of there, um, uh, also you can get them for free, right? That's important to note. So a lot of these standards, uh, you have to register accounts and do all of those things. CIS, you do register, um, but they're partnered with Microsoft or Microsoft is a partner involved with them uh, as a, a security benchmarking committee and uh, they cooperate and you can get the list for Azure, you can get the list for Microsoft 365 um, and you can target um, any kind of subsets of that yes. that you want. So office software, um, endpoint management, um, all those good things, right? But uh, there, there's a lot to it and compliance is, uh, again, it's, it's another subset of the security kind of overarching uh, conversation, but um, it's a very tricky one and it can be quite time consuming. Um, but if we stay at it, then uh, with, you know, with each organization, if you make a little incremental change every so often, um, you have much better security posture without big interruptions. Yes, absolutely. And, and sorry to get off on a tangent on no, that. No, no, no worries. It's it's a very good adding to the, the things that we've been talking about, uh, because compliance, uh, regulatory compliance, is it, been one of the things that we've been working so hard to 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 get into a lot of organizations into that, and that's the part that uh, it's really help. This will help them doing that, and there is a lot of that. Yeah. We should do a a special program about. Azure Security Center. We actually really should because it's vastly different than I think what a lot of people uh, remember yes. or think that it is, yeah, right? Absolutely. There's so much to it now. Absolutely. So the next one that we want to talk about is, as as a geeks that we are, it's the new NPV1, virtual machines. I was excited when we saw this one. NPV1, <laughs> uh, virtual machines are now in general availability so they are available to a lot of a lot of regions so west us east us west europe and southeast asia so let's talk about uh specs yep so you do have to uh request these ones yes. right so uh, you can't just uh, typically, I should say, if you've previously requested an NP series, uh, you may already be able to add it in your tenant, but you do have to uh, request typically that the VM series limits be increased uh, in your tenant. And usually they check for things like, do you have a partner? Uh, do you have an agreement with Microsoft? All of these things, right? They want to, these are the big boys, uh, these ones, right? So... Uh, we're talking about, um, you know, quite a lot of uh, kind of heavy hitting power with these ones. Yes. And uh, they really give a lot of throughput. Um, so I think the workloads that we typically see on these ones are a little more oriented to video work and database work, right? Yes. Um, really analytics, I guess, in general, or video editing. So uh, learning, they look for a lot of... Uh, in this case, yeah. interference. Yeah. All of that yeah. very high demanding of computing, right? Uh, that you need. Uh, it's where it are those 
very intense workloads, uh, for example, yeah. that the you need exactly. you will need this. Although they are based or they are powered by one word that I cannot say, I will leave to you. Oh, which one are we looking for here? The links. Uh, Xinlinks U two fifty. Yeah. I'm just guessing. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is that one. <laughs> Microsoft, uh, an enunciation guide would go a long way for some of us yes. here. Absolutely. <laughs> At least for me. <laughs> Absolutely. So these new, how you call it? Exilian? Exilings? I like it. Yep. We'll go with Exilings that. Exilings Alveo U250 FPGA. Oh, my God. Uh. Yeah, so there's some definition wrapped around it. But really what I like about this is it has the accelerated networking yes. and uh, the premium storage, right? So uh, I think it was last week or the week before we talked about the ultra storage upgrade, the ultra storage for uh, VMs. Yes. And uh, I do believe uh, now I'm not I haven't validated this. So I'm just going to go on a limb and I'm going to say because this is one of the bigger uh, series, it's probably uh, eligible for use with UltraDisk. Um, I can't validate that because uh, I haven't read the full uh, Microsoft Docs KB on this yeah. one. So. What, I, what, I, what is interesting on this is this machine, from what I, I, I was able to see uh, when we were preparing to record this, is it's not supported for live migration. Yeah, that was an that interesting was an one, interesting I thought, one. actually. So, yeah. uh, what does that mean? means that this particular VM or this particular workload, it needs to be reside on that particular host. So it's more like a host base. So it's not supported for uh, iAvailability. So means that in this case, if Microsoft needs to update this, you really need to be very keen and and filling that part of your virtual machine saying what is the window that they can update or they really need to contact you to update that host because you don't have live migration. So position this VM as high availability in this case is going to be uh, or this workload is going to be um, it's going to be challenging. I don't know why yeah, I it, have it, a, an assumption here or a feeling that this this workload because it's not it says that these virtual machines um, that I almost saying that they are very like virtual machines dedicated to that specific host. So it's interesting because uh, as I was kind of reading for a moment here. Um, one of the things that's a bit of a dependency with this is you are required to use the specific software, yes. right? So you have to use a driver package and um, uh, so forth from that uh, XI links or Zilinks. <laughs> um, yeah, somebody weigh in in the comments with a little audio clip on how to pronounce this crazy name. But um, it, you have to use their drivers, right? Yeah. And the moment we start talking about that, we're out of virtualization land, right? Uh, because now uh, we're into something that's very specific to the hardware. So I really do feel like this one's a bit of a, a kind of the dedicated VM 
on that dedicated piece of hardware. Yeah. Um, and again, though, the NP series is big and it's got specific networking and everything running on it, yeah. right? So um, it does kind of make sense yeah. that and, way. And just to give an idea, we're talking about these Z-Links is, is the FPGAs, right? It's talking about networking. And we're talking about that you can have four, uh, at least on the biggest one, four of these Z-Link or, or, or the name that we cannot pronounce, uh, with each one can achieve three thirty thousand megabits bytes. bytes sorry megabytes per second thirty thousand yep, yep. and you have four of those yeah so you're gonna be you're gonna be hitting so if you imagine if you had like um three of these you're gonna start to hit uh top of rack limitations in the azure rack physically yeah. right um because really we're only allowed 10 terabytes but uh I don't think that that's proprietary information, is it? I read that somewhere on the KB. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is that is something that on the KB you should you should uh, enable this it's just to see the fast, and that's why the, those VMs are really dedicated to this specific host because of that, right? Other than that, it's going to be a nightmare to live migrate these. They have to have this specific FPGA adapter. I will not say mm -hmm. the name because it is not. I don't want it. It's. It's. I don't want to, to murder. Oh, the I name. think we're both probably mispronouncing it. Pretty absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, anyways, it's a big. Uh, it's a big one, and uh, you know, if if uh, an organization or you as a uh, Azure customer listening and watching us here today have been waiting for something that you can do uh, a little bit more. Um, with your e-learning initiative, uh, video transcoding, or your database analytics. Uh, you've been waiting for something with a bit more throughput and a bit more horsepower. Uh, the time is here for you. It's a lucky day. It is, it is a lucky day. Moving to the next one, it's not a very standard update, but it's an honorable mention. Um, it's about the Azure Data Share Preview API versions will no longer be supporting starting in August 1st, 2021. So we have about three months, less than three exactly. months. Exactly, yeah. And when we were kind of choosing our articles this week, we talked about, you know, normally we do kind of uh, not include a lot of data once because uh, that's not really the area that we're here to talk about for everybody. However, because this one's coming up quite fast, right? Yeah. Just a few months, uh, August 1st, and it's even on the first of the month, right? So really it's like July 31st. Uh, you'd better be finished with it already. <laughs> but uh, it has a kind of a big impact, right? So it's the data share REST API or SDKs uh, through Azure Portal, Azure CLI, Power, uh, and PowerShell uh, are not impacted on this one, right? It's only REST API and SDK that's impacted. Yes. Um, but there's a lot of applications, uh, custom ones and things like that, that are relying on uh, REST API in particular now um, that uh, might be impacted by this. So uh, if your organization or your DevOps team uh, is using REST API for uh, data share previews, 
then uh, maybe mention this to uh, some other members of your team and make sure that your organization uh, won't be left in the dark, Absolutely. so to speak, on August 1st. Absolutely. It's always good to, to know that those, those things are ever a time bomb, right, associated. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised. So um, usually we hear about those things pretty far in advance. So um, it's good. Uh, we just make sure we share that information yeah. with all of our viewers and listeners. I, I like I, that. I, I, absolutely. Moving to the next one, talking about the GA of the Azure Log Analytics UI updates for May, in this case, 2021. So this mm -hmm. talks about basically two updates. It's a kind of a two-in-one, right? These new updates is the new experience for custom custom logs that I have to say that it's way better because now you have a blade, right? On the custom logs that you can have those those logs and you click on, on the blade and you click, for example, on agent management, agent configuration and all of that and you can see it those uh custom log custom and then you can see what is the 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 logs that you are basically getting from azure log analytics and the pin it azure dashboard part filtration integration so yeah that one i really like because uh that one now when you have the log analytics uh, pinned parts, now we can use the dashboard filters in the new, like the new modern dashboard model, right? Yeah. Um, now we can apply those filters dynamically yes. as we're in the dashboard. That's kind of a big deal for me, right? It because is. it makes the dashboard more usable. Absolutely. And I have to say that I bump into this this week because luckily or not, I was... I was creating a dashboard for a customer of mine because he was deploying these these web APIs and all of that, um, and we were copying, uh, uh, not copying, we were cloning those web APIs, for example, and creating all of those uh, instances to just seeing. And I was creating a dashboard for them just to see what was, what was the performance. And I realize that he says, this was not there before. And then you know what? Right. I went to the same source that we are here and I saw this. So, oh, now it's a new feature. Absolutely, right? And it's, it's one of the cool things, I think that um, sometimes IT teams uh, forget they can do with dashboards. The new dashboards are dynamic. It's a tool you can use um, kind of as you're looking for information in your tenant or uh, inside a resource group, whatever your dashboard's doing. But once you have built a dashboard for yourself, don't be selfish. Yeah. Share it with share. your team. Exactly. Right? Because you can share those dashboards. And it's something that I think that um, in Azure as uh, like admins, like hands-on engineering, we don't actually share those dashboards back and forth enough because I know... Um, well, as you know, I have a passion for the stoplight uh, kind of displays and, you know, like red, yellow and green, because we can just look at it really quickly and know uh, what we have to focus on, what's, you know, not green, basically. 
and uh, then we can kind of get things done really quick. But uh, I'm also guilty of it, right? So I should share those more with you. And I'll do that in the future, Marcos. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate that. I feel like Christmas in May. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a second here. Yeah, it checks out, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we have snow in May. It's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, well, let's stay focused. Let, let's so stay focused. Uh, we actually have another one that we're both uh, pretty passionate about, right? Azure Backup. Yeah. Uh, so operational backup for Azure Blobs is now generally available. So what does that one mean for us? means that we have uh, backups now that they are in GA uh, that is for our Azure Blobs. So means that we can protect our solutions, our data, right? That lets you protect your block, blo block blob, okay, data, <laughs> from you got various data loss scenarios. So... If you have, for example, um, on top of my head, block corruption, if anyone deletes, or by automation that always happen, that you accidentally mm. uh, delete the storage account or by anyone that uh, do that, now you can recover those because it's operational and it's now you have a backup of those uh, Azure blobs, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a GA, right? GA. And, so it means that uh, it's really can nice. use it in production. Yeah, because we can actually use it. Exactly. Um, I, I like What I like about this one is that it's fully integrated already with the Azure Backup Management Tools. And you know what that means because it's in the management tools, it's in the modern interface, which means we can use policy to help us with this as well. Yes, absolutely. And 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 the things that, that you can do it with the protection in the management and the restore is it's it's absolutely incre incredible. I see a lot of good things coming from uh, the backup center that they are improving a lot mm -hmm. and all of this. And now you have a pretty good solution for for backing up your Azure blobs, which is interesting because it was one of the parts that in beginning of this you didn't have it. The only way to recover it was replicating to another one and i had a lot That's of right. a lot of customers and this is probably it's 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 worth spending a few more a few minutes or a few words about this is even if you have your storage uh, like on the most expensive one that is the geo redundant one uh mm -hmm. what means that you have theoretically three theoretically no you have three copies on the same region and then you are replicating those copies to the other region. So you have another three copies on a different region. So in total, when you're storing that information, you are storing in six different regions. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that it. Well, data centers, six different six, data sorry, centers, yes, two yes, regions. Yes. You're right. Six, six, the, not data centers, six different locations. Let's go this way. Because we don't know if it's different data centers or not. Right. They are being recorded well, it's supposed to be three zones per region which a zone is a data center but you right? have regions that you don't have three zones right 
Well, that's true too. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good so, point. So it could just be the other end of the facility on a different utility power or something. Exactly. So it, it, let's call it locations because it's okay. it's more okay. it's more is it's correct, right? Um, so you you have basically you are storing the same files or the same file in six different locations and two different regions. Okay. Uh, that that is what is, for example, the the um, the geographic uh, replication means the geo replication. Although a lot of people think, oh, that's okay, because if we delete something, we can go back to the other region to recover that file. No, <laughs> you can't, because let me know how that works out for exactly, you. Exactly, <laughs> because this is like everything that you do. Is being replicated six times. On yeah. this case, five times. And the times. replication is very fast, isn't it? It is. It is fast because the thing is, if one region becomes unavailable or one of those locations becomes unavailable, you automatically have the other one. That's why you're paying the big bucks in the, the big bucks on those, on ones, those yeah. ones, right? And and be able to have another region that have exactly the same information. As the or as the source region, uh, you're paying big bucks for that. So guess what? If you delete the file, you are deleting the file on the six locations across the two regions. So there is no other way to recover, even if if you don't use, for example, Azure Backup or any other mechanism to just backup that information. Yeah, and I want to I want to say the innovation uh, kind of to do these things like to integrate Azure Backup isn't as easy as it appears on the surface, right? Because the backup tool has to be quite aware of the different uh, replication yes. locations for the data, and it has to know uh, which one to pick to do the backup, um, all of those things, right? Absolutely, uh, but. That was one of the areas uh, I want to say like two or three years ago that was really lagging uh, behind in product kind of, um, you know, the front edge of the product for backup, right? Absolutely. So we had to use third-party tools in many cases to accomplish uh, backups. And that means we had to either add API integrations, uh, sharing a key, things like that, or we had to take Azure all the way out our data rather all the way out of Azure um, to accomplish the backups. And uh, this is really, really great in my own opinion, no, no, it is. because now we can utilize the native tooling yeah. to uh, not only accomplish the backups, but by keeping the uh, data inside Azure, we have of course with our storage accounts and things we can use customer managed keys, make sure that we've enabled encryption on our storage accounts and uh, all of those really positive things that come with the native tools of Azure, yeah, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, moving to the next one is talking about VPN gateways. So the general availability of multiple fixtures for Azure VPN gateway. So Azure VPN gateway, you went on a long transformation, right? Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of a changes. A lot of changes. And and basically they are announcing four new that is right, right now available. So it's in GA, right? So mm -hmm. you can use it in production. 
four new features. The first one is multiple authentication types for point-to-point -point VPN. Right, so now you have uh, you can have on a single gateway you can have multiple in this case authentication like open VPN tunnels, Azure AD, certificate bases, base radius. Uh, in this case, on a single gateway, which makes yeah, a life and that's series. a big deal, right? It is a big deal because we, we with this pandemic kind of transformation world that we live right now, right? We see a lot of organizations that they were not expecting to have every single one working from home. And they have a lot of issues implementing, in this case, gateways or implementing VPNs to their customers to be able to, not customers, to their, um, or to their users uh, to be able to have that on the secure way to just... Uh, uh, traffic all the, all the all the things that they needed to be secure regarding their organization, right? And be able to have one, in this case, single gateway that you can have multiple because, for example, Azure AD, it's awesome, but it should be only internal. But although you should have, for example, contractors or, or some external vendors that you don't need to create an Azure AD for them, you can basically give them like a certificate or a radius or even an open a VPN tunnel uh, that they can use for that, right? And yep, there's, yeah, there's so many different ways to integrate identity. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a full deep dive on its own. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> we could be here for so, hours. so the one. The one feature in here that I was actually uh, kind of eyeballing was the BGP diagnostics, uh, to be honest, um, because there's been some uh, good advancements in the last uh, month or two around uh, route management in Azure for customer networks, right? Yeah. And um, this is a big deal for uh, not even just large enterprises, um, but also for smaller businesses that are integrated with uh, Express Route uh, and things like that, right? Absolutely. Um, because BGP uh, Border Gateway Protocol is really the foundation of how uh, fast communications is happening on the backbone in Azure. And that also includes your own customer on-premises network, right? Yeah. So uh, a lot of uh, like Cisco, Juniper, Fortigate, uh, all those, like all uh, the major networking equipments use BGP yes. for uh, their initial communication and handshakes and all those things. So I'm no networking expert, uh, not by a long shot, but uh, I know enough to be dangerous. And uh, BGP is definitely a really good management tool, yeah. um, or the diagnostics rather, is a good management tool. Um, to add on uh, and a really important one, um, quite frankly, um, it, it's a huge advancements with BGP lately and route management. So it's awesome to see. It is. And, and for us that we usually going on, on, on these uh, environments and we want to see what is uh, the routes that have been advertising or not, even to send to the network, to the network experts saying, hey, this is what we see on Azure site. What do you see in this case on yours? And then we can compare is something that we were missing as well. And goes goes to the, the other the other feature 
that is the VPN picture, uh, package pack capture in Azure portal. So Got to be able to, sometimes we want to see what is uh, going on uh, on the on the VPN and we are not able uh, to see it right now. We can. We can have this packet capture uh, on the VPN. It's now now available uh, in this case for for uh, verifying this. Uh, it's very good when you have some connectivity and performance related problems uh, that really often they are really complex to 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 manage all of those. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Especially with um, you know so many interconnected things and. Uh, yeah, you just get all of the different customer sites in, and then you've got all of the Azure VNets. Uh, it starts to get quite complex Absolutely. pretty fast. But although I have to say, from the fourth, from from the four fixtures uh, that they they uh, enable for Azure VPN Gateway, one of my favorite is this VPN connection management, uh, mm -hmm. because now you are in you are able to reset the gateway. And that sometimes yep, is so that's critical. That's a big one. We've had oh to God, engage yeah. support to do the VPN resets in the past. And now we can actually do that uh, without having to create a uh, service request with Azure support, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So that button that you can reset, it's it's magical sometimes because sometimes <laughs> it's you have active, active standby, for example, kind of uh, configuration and be able to reset so we can pick up the new one, it's magical. Uh, we don't need to open a ticket and say, can you please reset this? And by the way, it's for yesterday. Because yep, we are because not... if your VPN connection is down, yeah. chances are uh, all of your users have already noticed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Not a great day. It's not a great day, no. <laughs> so those are the fixtures that I highly... Uh, that I was looking for, and I saw that that uh, uh, that they are coming, which is good, right? Which is all really good. For the next update, we are talking about the prevent shared key authorization for an Azure storage account. And this is yep. a nice one, correct? Why is a nice oh, one, uh, um, Andrew? So I'm going to pull this right out of this update because uh, I think they've actually done a very good job of wording this. Uh, so thank you, whoever wrote this one. But uh, by default, requests can be authorized with either uh, Azure AD credentials or uh, the shared access key, yeah. right? Um, so really what we're talking about is on storage account, you can use like a SAS key and uh, it has like the, the key ID and then the secret. Um, so that basically you're using kind of a, a REST API uh, is the long and the short of it to access your data. Yes. Now, I actually use that method on uh, many occasions to map, uh, for example, a local drive letter to an Azure storage account uh, when I have to move a bunch of data or complex or sometimes confidential data because we can do it quite securely and we can restrict those keys to even a folder level uh, now. So uh, there's a lot of benefit to doing that. But the general availability here 
is that before uh, we disabled that shared key authorization on the existing uh, storage account, uh, it now prevents that from uh, being done uh, like prematurely and cutting off data transfer and things like that, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I think it's going to help ev everyone. And again, this is in GA, so you can use these in production, right? So, mm -hmm. so you can start using these this right now uh, and allows us to just go on this uh, Azure storage account and starting provision this on the way that you are not using the legacy ones and starting using way more secure advantage uh, in this case for Absolutely. those for those Azure storage accounts yeah yeah and I think in the old way we uh, there was only the reissue um, the the key and this this now allows us to disable um, an like a key that we don't need to use anymore. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Talking about storage, Azure Storage uh, in preview, it's the attribute based access control, the ABAC. It's now available for preview. So, what is this ABAC? Do you know without putting on the spot? <laughs> So uh, I know a little bit about it. So uh, ABAC is like the cousin of RBAC, right? So oh, okay. uh, they're they're very much related. Um, they but, are. They uh, are. The, it's the difference is the A. One is RBAC. <laughs> the other one is ABAC. But there's a but there's a dependency, <laughs> right? So uh, that's why it's kind of like a family thing okay. because we're always uh, interdependent, right? So. With uh, ABAC, it builds on the role-based or RBAC by adding conditions to the role assignments. So it's like conditional access for RBAC. It's freaking sweet, Marcos. It it's awesome, right? It is. It is one of the things that it's kind of remind me, okay? And don't kill me on this, but it's kind of no. remind me of dynamic groups. Ah, <laughs> so I like dynamic groups, as you know. Yes. That's why <laughs> I say don't kill me on careful. this. Don't kill me on this. Yeah, you have to be careful about how you implement a dynamic yes. group, right? Because it can be dangerous and you have to make sure that you're doing things, uh, anything conditional or dynamic in a very secure and well thought out way. Yes. And, and, and this is, in this case, right now, as they say over here, um, and I, I would like to reinforce this, if, if you're going um, to the Azure page, in this case, to the Azure blog update page, and if you click on the conditions to roll as, uh, uh, Azure role assignments, uh, one of the things it's very big, bold, uh, important message, and I'm reading, uh, direct from the horse mouth saying Azure ABAP Ab, Ab, oh, ABAC and mm -hmm. Azure role assignments condition are currently in preview preview folks preview. Not, not production, production. this preview version is provided without a service level agreement it's not recommended for production workloads, certain features may not be supported or might have constraint capabilities. So just to see that 
we are not the only ones saying over here at the show, say, please don't use this in production. Okay. Uh, it's, it's directly from Microsoft docs. Uh, in this case, it's a constant fight. It's though, a right? constant uh, fight. Like customers always want to use new features because it solves a problem. And uh, kind of the Azure world, I'm going to say in general, Microsoft and those of us that architect solutions and implement them, uh, we're always saying, well, hold on. Yes, it's exciting, but you know, we should test that first. And uh, you know what it's like to try and rein in uh, some uh, customers. They just get very excited and go straight into it. And then when something happens, they're saying, oh my God, what happened? Exactly. Well, uh, it was not GA. And um, I don't want to be rude, but I did tell you. Exactly. <laughs> I told you so. So it's, it's kind of the. Yeah, it's sometimes it's kind of a at hard At least thing. it's what we think about it, but we don't say it, correct? <laughs> yeah, we never say I told you so, <laughs> but we may say it in other ways. Exactly. <laughs> On the Canadian way, very polite, say, sorry, sir, but I told you so. Hey. Yep. So we did discuss this previously, exactly. uh, but uh, now that it has gone GA, let's uh, you know re-roll this out, and uh, then we can actually take advantage of it. But yeah, so there's going to be some cool features with that. The thing uh, that really jumps out for me uh, with kind of conditional access rules for storage accounts is uh, that we can limit when an application or a user can access or write data, um, and I think that that's awesome. So. I think it plays out uh, like you think of uh, limiting an app to business hours, right? So it can only read and write data nine to five, Monday to Friday, if they're a bank or something like that, it's right? It's not only that, so, it's like it complements, right? All of the logistical nightmare that we have to do it regarding, for example, implementing PIM, implementing everything on the user that they have uh, that we are using our back. I, at, I got to say, I'm supposed to love PIM as kind of a security-minded person, but I'm honestly, it is such a pain. It is. Uh, it really does slow you down. Um, now, that said, there's definitely applications that require, uh, I shouldn't say applications, that's a bit uh, ambiguous. There's situations where PIM is uh, really a good thing to use because it's confidential or secret data. And uh, we have to be uh, more cautious than even usual. Absolutely. Um, but there are but, other yeah. ways that, for example, and usually I see a lot of that, when we implement the work the workflow on PIM, um, that you need approval for something like that. It's like, what happened if the operations that is 24 by 7 needed an approval on Sunday night to do something? Yep, or guys like you and I that work all hours of the day, yeah, uh, and then uh, we we don't have the prior approval; it's not scheduled, and we kind of put it in and on uh, like a Saturday evening or something to do some work on Sunday afternoon, and because uh, the ops folks are nine to five, uh, we're out of luck until perhaps Monday night, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 a very good way that. That you can put it. The next one. So you have one more update for yes. us, but it's a it's a it's kind of a fun one though, right? It's a different one. Okay. It's the one that we mentioned on introduction part of it that is not technical, okay? Although it's it's a geek one, right? And and because we talk about 
tremendously about Azure, right? Um, now you will see some adjustments on Azure. So folks, here it is, the new Azure icon. Okay. <laughs> it is. Yeah, so I'm sure that the team worked uh, super hard on yes. that. It's a kind of a big deal to release new Azure icons or change naming and things like that, yeah. right? It impacts so many things. So many things. The, 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 the first thing that it impacts is the swag. That impacts, uh, yeah. impacts directly Microsoft, to us. come on. Uh, I haven't had a new backpack since like, what, 2019 or something yeah, like that. Since last Ignite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we need new shirts. So Microsoft, we need new shirts, stickers, uh, you name it. Uh, like bottles of water, for example, right? Uh, that's the yeah. old Azure logo, um, and all of that. Although oh I have to gosh, say I that think of that. that all my water bottles are horribly out of date. Now. Yeah, they are. So we need new water bottles. So if someone at Azure uh, can can basically send us, uh, yeah, feel hook free. us up, folks. Us up. Absolutely, we sing the praises all day Absolutely. long. Absolutely. So, but the, the the poor guys that they that they are listening to the podcast. You really need to come and see in this case uh, this time because there is no other way that I can describe the new icon. Uh, although what I found is, oh, it's 3D. It isn't 3D. No, it's it's not 3D, but it does have it has like that flow, exactly. right? Exactly. They are using a new Microsoft um, system called the Fluent Design System that is being used in this case for other products that they are using, right? And he's using, so what I like about this is, first, the the icon is, it's look amazing, okay? Uh, it's very sharp, isn't it? I, I love how it has the soft curve to it. It looks very appealing. It looks very appealing. It's look like 3D, but it's not 3D, which is amazing. So it will be, it will be a challenge to put this with this uh, kind of degradé of the color of the blue. And you can see that is the same blue, but looks like with the light, starting from the light blue to the darker blue, and it kind of contorts to make an A, basically, of, of, of Azure. But it's, it's look good, uh, amazing, I have to say. Um, but... Uh, it is a new logo, right? So uh, Azure has been on, on so many transformations. I remember since the beginning, it was Windows Azure. Oh, I remember that yeah. one at first Windows launched. Windows Azure, yeah. and then was Microsoft Azure, and then it was just Azure, right? Um, and it was just Azure with that kind of logo uh, that is very similar to, to have those complex... And now it's it's kind of more modern. It's not that linear, right? Like uh, as is a little bit curvy, at least at least on the edges. You don't have sharp edges. Let's call it this way as the old logo. But it's it's look it's look good. I have to say. So um, and yeah, that's the last update for the week. What do you think about oh, wow. about the new logo? 
Oh, I like it. Um, I, I love how it has like those soft edge to it. it I agree. It's like a more modern uh, iteration, right? Yeah. And I like how they're using uh, like the fluent technology to do that. Uh, it looks almost like it's 3D, but it's not. Um, I'd like to see it with the white background too um, and see how it stands out. I feel like the light blue might blend a little easier with darker colors. Yes. Um, but it might be a bit tricky on, uh, for example, like the white background, right? Yeah. So, um, you know what? It's a logo. Uh, I'm sure there was uh, quite a lot of uh, very excited discussion around updating the logo. So it's probably been in the works for quite a while with many folks. Yes. And uh, well done. I think it looks it good. Looks, it yeah. looks amazing. I, I love it, to be very honest. Um, and I always like. I think I think regular folks underestimate the amount of graphics work that has to go oh into God, this kind of thing, right? Yeah. I know. Well, it was we were announcing this, and I, I, you know, we heard all the fluff about this earlier this week. But uh, all my own icons and my blog site and everything now everything has to get updated. And I was just thinking, uh, you know what? It gives me a migraine, so I'm going to stop thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> what about creating in this case? Um, what about creating um, an Azure function to do update all of that? Uh, you know what? It's true. If I have to do it, this will be the second update. So uh, third time is means I have to automate it. So maybe I should consider yeah, it now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm considering... I better I'm, comply with my own policy. I'm considering <laughs> with mine. So um, on my blog, for example, um, I use the CICD. So updating this... It's going to be very easy because I just need to upload yep. the new image, um, link to everything that I need, and that's it. And upload, push it, GitHub push, or in this case, Git push. That's it. Mm -hmm. uh, everything is updated. So you should do it uh, in this case. It's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know my blog design lags behind a little bit, uh, but mostly because I just despise web design. <laughs> That's okay. With that, folks, unfortunately, we come to the end of this uh, episode this week. Okay. I hope that you guys like it. Uh, if you if you are new to the channel, don't forget to smash that like button. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Sorry, but I had to say that. Um, don't forget to just give thumbs up, thumbs down, comments. Uh, just share your love or your eight. We love uh, love. We are lovely guys. We love love around yes, here. Absolutely. We are lovely guys. But if you have something to say, just say it. We, we, absolutely. We, let us yeah, know. Let, let us know if you don't like us. I know that I didn't shave this week, but uh, I don't think that that's going to be a problem, especially for the audio podcast. Uh, right won't uh, won't have any technical uh, uh, impact I don't uh, yeah. think unless you're scraping up against the mic or something right? <laughs> which I'm not because I'm still like a few inches from the mic uh, so I think I'm gonna be okay but uh, once again thank you everyone for for the support that we've been having on this update thank you Andrew uh, it's not easy with this marvelous weather in Calgary uh, that we have, uh, that we are always is calling us from outside, right? Just just to go outside and to be able to record one once again another episode. 
it's true. Yes, uh, we will at some point be able to record maybe even outdoors together. Yeah. Um, we'll just have to wait for all these things to settle down, I suppose, absolutely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So thank you once again, uh, and I hope I can see you uh, on the next episode next week. Thank you, and bye.